Hey, Gwen. How you doing? Uh, good. Good. Well, you know, good, good relative. Let's stop asking that question. It's yeah. 2020. Let's not. It's 2020. We don't need to know the answer to that. <laughs> you know? I'll just like, go do with, we? hey, Gwen. And then go hey. from there. <laughs> yeah, that seems like a better way to start. I mean, given the situation. Yeah. We can all assume that baseline basically not doing great, but, you know. Yeah. Speaking of the future, uh... Mm-hmm. Actually, speaking of the, the actually the present right now, uh, that's how you do a really bad segue. Is you just car crash <laughs> into one uh, <laughs> and try and make well, it sound like it works. Somebody's got to keep us on point. <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, Kine launched on Steam, and not that long ago, actually, what was it? Like a week ago now? Like it, it doesn't feel like it's been cool. that long. Yeah, it's been five days. Five. To- God, that. Why does it feel? less and more like at the same i guess that's this year but like it's this year yeah it's this year every every day is a year (laughs) right and also like two minutes like at the same time but anyway uh kinds finally come out on steam which is uh it's a milestone in that game's life how's how's that gone like how's that going i mean again it's only five days so who knows but like (laughs) i mean it's good it did about as well as i expected which was bad oh really uh, yeah well i mean like anybody that so this is a oh god where do i start I, I mean i have a following and my following bought that game on the switch and the epic game store already um yeah and I guess so that's a thing. and so like if you can't get like a critical mass of people to buy your game initially you can't uh, chart on new and trending and so forth and it just won't take off um, also, like, kind is a niche puzzle game. At the mm. end of the day, there's, it's a niche puzzle game coming out into a market that's very saturated with puzzle games, um, and it didn't like chart in any way. So yeah, it didn't do super well. But that was expected. I I just needed to get it out in Steam. Just wanted to make it available to as many people as possible because I can. It makes sense. Now, now you're at a point that you can. Yeah, I noticed Manifold Garden launched on Steam like at the same time. You guys with the with the same launch situation. Yep. Yeah. Well, we came out one day apart on the Epic Game Store. Oh, of course. So the exclusivity was only one day's one difference. Day. <laughs> That's crazy. I just yeah. saw it there. And and I was like, again? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. No, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and good for them. They're doing pretty well, I think. Yeah. Uh, and Superliminal is coming out, too. I'm sure as soon as, they're, uh, as soon as their exclusivity is up, I'm sure they'll be on Steam as well. Mm. Um, it's that one year anniversary so we're, we're reliving our launches <laughs> yeah god that's is that a year? that's a year already yeah that's, it's been a year that's Isn't crazy that the amount you you have done in that time though like because we can we can move along to lab rap like the, the, the in a year you that's already like that was revealed on an ign live stream which i was again anytime i've seen any of your stuff be revealed i've been very like excited to watch it so it was just watching that was like that's crazy this is like just gwen's new game that gwen is making yeah. like this is so how, how was that how, how how was the reveal like we'll get into how the game's going but how how did that reveal kind of period go for you oh i mean that's always fun that's always really cool. So uh, what they did was they put out a call for um, like their Gamescom. There, there was a thing on IGN, like if you have a, a game 
for Gamescom, hit us up. We'll we'll put you in the show. And and the part of the deal you do with them there is they get the exclusive rights to your trailer for 24 hours. Mm. So like I couldn't put it on my private YouTube or anywhere. Um, IGN was the one that hosted it. They put their their like IGN watermark on it. Yeah. Uh, and put it up on their channel, and and that's kind of like the trade off. They get exclusivity, but you get a lot more exposure. Way more. And it was, yeah. <coughs> yeah, their their YouTube channel has like an order it's, of magnitude more yeah, followers like, than mine, so we'll go with it. It's the, uh, probably the biggest gaming for looking at trailers and stuff. Like compared to a lot of their compares, they're they're like they get substantially more views for exactly the same content than other outlets. So seeing that you were going to be on IGN, I was like, ooh, shit, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Was pretty exciting. Yeah, so that went up, um, and that yeah that what that went around pretty well um i mean at the end of the day it's it's cool to get a like a tiny puzzle game <laughs> i mean okay i i don't want to i don't want to imply that it is easy to make something like labrad or that it is tiny because i do know there's a lot of indies out there making much smaller work but i mean in the scope of things that are on ign mm. next to like a naughty dog title getting a small indie puzzle game on there is uh was really good it was yeah. a, a really cool achievement. Uh, it's not something that happens. I mean, to be fair, I get rejected a lot. I try for everything. Like, I tried to be in uh, Opening Night Live with Jeff Keighley. I emailed Jeff Keighley. <laughs> you just emailed him? Hi, Jeff. Yeah. You can do that. There, you're, I mean, his email's out there. I emailed him and I gave, like, made a case for having uh, Lab Rat on Opening mm. Night Live. And it was like, no. I get rejected like 90% of the things I try. I love the idea that he just replied with no. <laughs> like, well, no, he actually, re to be fair, he replied with a very nice reply. I'm sure he like, did. He seems like a perhaps, lovely man. Yeah, perhaps you should try one of these things. This isn't really a fit for what we have for opening night live. You know, yeah. they're always nice about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get any kind of exposure for most games, especially puzzle games. Mm. Like I do, I swear... I swore after Khan I wouldn't do another puzzle game, and then you I did. immediately did. Yeah, you remember me swearing that. I do. Like, uh, yeah. I know. There's and it's disheartening because there's always like some new study about like why is anybody making puzzle games right now? Like there was one just recently on on Twitter. There was a big. Oh, no. uh, I mean, it was a really nice breakdown of oh, the I median. I saw you retweeting that. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the median sales. Let me look this up again. I just Some love the named... idea that you're like, all right, puzzle game time. And then like headline on Twitter. Why is anyone making these stupid, <laughs> stinky puzzle games? <laughs> no, it's not that. It, it's just you should be aware that, you know, the yeah the best puzzle games in the world only make so much money compared to something like the best simulation games yeah. in the world or the best strategy games. You know, the, the ceiling is lower and it's a market that is absolutely flooded because almost anybody can... Puzzle games are one of the easiest kinds of games to make compared to like a multiplayer RPG or, or you know, like mm -hmm. a, a game that requires, puzzle games require very little programming. Puzzle games, yeah. visual novels, games that are single player and, and very um, straightforward like this are just technically easier to craft. And so there tends to be a lot more of them. Mm. And so, yeah, Steam is the, by far the most, uh, by far... If you're looking at the genres, by far there's more puzzle games in Steam than anything else. Mm. Yes, it is a flooded genre. Yes, like the, it's a genre where even a breakout hit doesn't make as much money, and the median sales are extremely low. I know all this, but they're also just really fun to make. And you know, the pandemic hit, and so I made one. But yeah, the, uh, yeah, 
So, so getting exposure, getting take, being taken seriously with a game like this is really difficult. Um, I definitely like <laughs> over the course of the last several months, I've reached out to different marketing companies, mm. and I've been rejected from four marketing companies at this oh, point. Jesus, like two of them just. Like I would go, it would always look promising. I would tell them about the game. I would show them the trailer that I showed IGN. Um, we would have a call. We would talk about the influencer campaign I want to do. And they were like, okay, let me do some market research. And then they would do market research. And two of them at that point ghosted on me. Oh, and God. two of them just sent me very nice letters explaining why uh, they won't be working. <laughs> they won't oh, be God. working on LabRat. And that's just like normal. Well, yeah, um, it makes sense. Like, I mean, if they're like... We don't see how we would help with this. Yeah, uh, like, well, and enough. it's actually kind of sweet. They're like, um, the money, we only work with clients who were, if we're sure that they will get a return on their investment. And we're not sure mm. you'll get a return on our your investment if you work with us, given that uh, we don't think we can add value to your game. Like, they, you know, it, it makes sense. And it's true that finding, particularly I was reaching out for like... Um, I wanted to do what Mike Rose typically does with his games, where he has like a beta and he also invites influencers to be part of that closed beta. There's a, a private beta coming for LabRat. You can go to labrat.study and you can sign up to be part of the, the closed beta. And I'm thinking I'll probably run that probably in December. And I was trying to get influencers to be a part of that. And so I wanted to reach out to a marketing company to just reach out to influencers on my behalf so I don't have to do it. Yeah. And they're like... Influencers don't watch your puzzle game. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Uh, so we'll see. Like, it sucks. The rejection sucks. There's a lot of it. Well, yeah, I guess so. In the creation of any work that you're then trying to, you know, get people to buy, it's going to be difficult. Particularly, like you say, with the kind of market you're moving into. Are there no, like... Because I looked into this and I couldn't find them, but like, are there no, are there no puzzle game people like puzzle game influencers out there? Um, I mean, there's a, there's the people that covered like Kine in a Monsters Expedition, and I have a list of like a a short list because I just recently did a push for Kine of like the hundred or so influ like mid tier, small tier influencers, and I'll I'll email them for sure. Hmm. Anyway, could you speed run your game? <laughs> Get the speed running community. <laughs> uh, I I think speed running is something that happens after the game is out. Yeah, and, can't really know. make people do it. <laughs> it's no. like trying to make an esports scene. It is incredibly difficult. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. We're, why did we get on this really sad bend of things? <laughs> I don't know. How's the game going? How how is the it coming going, along? Like in development, it's coming along great. I actually love it. <laughs> like that's great. I'm actually like I I think it's gonna be hilarious. There's a lot of work to do. There's like a maddening amount of work to do. Oh really? Um yeah. Just my list is just very long, and there's we've gone back to having certain questions. It's done that thing where you start making a thing and then you realize there's potential and so you expand the scope a little bit and then you get further along there and you realize there's even more potential and you expand the scope a little bit. And I mean, there is a point where that's feature creep. We're not. We're pretty much going to lock down at this point and like mm. make what what's in what's happening here. Uh, but it, it's fun when you see something growing and and becoming something that that you're proud of. You're I, I think Labrat's going to be hilarious. 
you're working with other people on this one as well, right? I think we discussed that before, but like, is, yeah, it isn't one... just you making this game? Sure, yeah. One person specifically I'm working... Well, t- don't get me wrong. Um, I've hired several contractors to help out on an hourly basis mm. uh, for, for small things. But we're talking like... Like, I think I've spent... A, if I... What was it? I've spent about 6000 on art, about mm. 1000 on help with sound effects, and about... I think... All told, it's going to be about 8000 but I think we're about 4000 right now for writing. Mm. Um, so that's the amount of money I've spent. And uh, Oh, and I've spent some on, on like a marketing trailer stuff. Um, yeah. But like, other than that, that, that's the hourly contractors. The person I'm really working with is Lucas, uh, who's working with me for RevShare. And he's basically part-time on the project. It's not really hourly. He's just kind of, he has a part-time job and he spends part-time helping me with LabRat. Um, and I don't even want to say helping me. He, we're collaborating on Labrat. Uh, mm. He's he's just a, a designer that is really, how do I put it? I, I wasn't prepared to, to discuss Lucas's background, but he he's a really talented um, niche puzzle designer. He's made a bunch of uh, 2D puzzle games that I like quite a bit. Nice. Uh, and yeah, so he's he's the one that's doing like the, actually designing all the core puzzles in the game ah okay nice so it's one of those things where i like i do an example um and i show it to lucas and then he makes a bunch of puzzles and then we then i fix all the bugs so i'm doing all the programming all the art there's a puzzles that are definitely not on the beat the crit path that are definitely very much mine (laughs) so that i get to have my fun the crit path that are not the the main thoroughfare of the game oh Oh, okay. But but like the the crit path, the, I'm calling it the critical path. The the mean potatoes puzzles of the game are definitely Lucas. Gotcha. Oh, okay. But that there are some that you've designed as well that are in there. Oh yeah, you'll be able to tell. Yeah. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. No, I, I suppose you can't say too much. It isn't like obviously it hasn't even no. come out yet. Like <laughs> you're not gonna be like and check this out. There's also some voice acting going on there, I believe. This this one does. Um, yeah, I am experimenting with VO this time, which was actually not my idea. It was I was working with a writer. Okay, so so at the beginning of the project, back maybe in April or so, I had all these ideas and I had a uh, I was starting to write the script for for what I thought would be a funny like. Uh, a, a funny script for the game. I, I want there to be some narrative. I wanted to make fun of tech, the tech industry in different ways. I, I wanted to poke fun at it. Uh, just the way we're being profiled and monitored and all these assumptions that these tech companies are making about us. And I, I wanted to, I knew I wanted to inject some humor in that and, and, and poke at that idea and that concept of it. And I loved this one game that I played last year called Eliza. Hmm. I've was not a visual heard of that one. Oh, it's a beautiful visual novel. It was put out by Zachtronics. And it's it's very, it's not funny. It's kind of very introspective. And it says a lot of interesting things about tech. And I really deeply enjoyed that visual novel. Um, it's, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, it, it was just very moving and very good. And and, uh, and that was like an inspiration so, for you. Oh, more than that. I, mm. um Oh, more. I've ripped it off. No, I reached out to the guy that wrote it. Oh, Sage. Not even better. Um, yeah, and I hired him to work on the writing with me. Ah, nice. 
So, so he's one of the people that's, um, yeah, I reached out to him. I told him how much I loved the game. I showed him the prototype of what I was doing and I asked him if he would, uh, like if he was available to help at all. And he's the writer I was talking about earlier that I hired ah. con, uh, on contract. He's helping me out hourly. That's great. Um, but yeah, early on he said, why don't we hire a voice actor and, and make this, uh, these lines that you're writing that we're writing together. Why don't we make them, um, why don't we hire a voice actress? And mm. speak them out and, and give this this a voice. And so I was doing some scratch audio for it. And we were trying to like time when to bring in a voice actress. And at the time I was like, yeah, we'll have the script done by July. So we should bring her in in August. Obviously that didn't happen. Because mm. uh, game development. Um, and over time we... Uh, as you... As I was... Because I was voicing it, the script ended up... We had to rewrite a lot. Basically all of it. We've... We've scrapped the entire script and rewritten it twice at this point. Um, and as part of that, uh, it ends up being more and more of my voice. And it turns out, I know my voice is like cracking today because it's tired, but it, it turns out like I'm not the worst voice actress. No. And so we're, uh, yeah. And so I'm doing all the VO for the game. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Was, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's interesting. <laughs> it's was- definitely a new skill set. Yeah, that was one of the, like, beyond just how good it looked was, because I've played it and I was terrible at it, but I did play it, but um, I'm terrible at puzzle games, as anyone who's listened to this will know at this point, I've always said it, but um, <laughs> one of the first things that really struck me, I was, I was like, that's Gwen, that's so cool, <laughs> just got, I didn't yeah. expect a voice at all, and it was just like, oh, and yeah, very good. Very funny. Yeah, um, it's definitely really fun. I, that's one of the reasons why we had to scrap one of the earlier uh, scripts. Like Matt, Matt was chugging along, and I was reading the script, and, and it just wasn't clicking for me. And a huge part of the story there was um, a, the developer was like losing their mind and was really sad. And mm. I was reading these lines, and I'm like, man, I can't do this. It's bumming me out because <laughs> I am a developer, and this script yeah. is making me sad. And I was like, and I'm talking to him later because it's hard to, how do I put this? I'm not good at cutting other people's work, typically. Mm. Um, I'm not good at telling somebody, somebody, when you're directing people, generally you they'll, they'll work along and then you go in and you have to be like, this is what's good and this is what's bad. And there's times when you can do that. Uh, like I can critique art. I can do a paint over uh, or like a draw over sometimes and be like, I, I want it to be more like this and less like this. But it's very difficult when you're like, I don't like this, but I don't know what I want. And you can't mm. give somebody that feedback because that's so frustrating. And the only way to fix it is to do it yourself to a certain amount and yeah. then show them that and then be like, I here's what I want. And the thing is, if you only take something to like 10% and you're like, here's what I want, then They'll look at it and they'll be like, this is crap. Why is it? Uh, you want Why me to make want crap? This? And I'm like, no, take this direction and push. Yeah. And so in some level you need to uh, jump in there. I, and so it, it was weird because I, I had to be like, Matt, can you stop for like two weeks? And then I, I took some time and I, I rewrote the script to be funny and to have a completely different story. And I was like, okay, I think I need it to be like this. And then we were, and I was really nervous doing that, to be honest, because I don't, you don't want to cut someone's work. <laughs> you don't want to be like everything you've done for the last, you know, I mean, I mean, he's, it's an hourly contractor, but still, you don't want to be like everything you've done. We're going to throw that out because I want this completely different other thing. And mm. that's a really 
like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I just it's, hate doing that. Oh, it's tough. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But I know from the other end, like, a lot of what my job is nowadays is writing. And it can be incredibly useful. <laughs> Some, like, when you're given, like, a limited brief and someone just comes in and goes this 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 change this do that and like put some notes on it and you'd be like oh right cool yeah i can do that cool 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 cool. that well, can actually be the, super useful well the thing is like if you do it to that degree uh, i don't i want i i'm working with matt and with lucas some of these other people because i very much respect them and i want yeah. their voice and i want them to push and i want them to feel ownership over this right mm. and so i don't want this to be like Matt's helping Gwen write Gwen's script. I want it to be like saving you time. Matt, yeah, Matt and Gwen are writing a script True. together because I want his input and I want his voice. You know, mm. um, and there's there's times when that's plausible and there's times when it's not. Like, and some people will like Snipe. I will give Snipe feedback and I'll be like, here's exactly what I don't like and here's what, exactly what I like. And I'm not worried that I'm gonna like stomp on Snipe at all. Mm. Snipe's gonna do what Snipe's gonna do. Uh, Snipe. I'm sorry, I Mike Snipe. The person say, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> Mike Stay is the um, an artist I worked with at Irrational. He was oh, the great. lead level artist on Bioshock Infinite. So okay. all the beautiful environments, a lot of that is thanks to the the better the best ones. Honestly, is really thanks to Mike Knight. and mm. he was he's working with me on the environments in Lab Rat right now nice. um, in his free time, like contracting hourly. Uh, and I've worked with him for a long time, so I have no problem going to him and being like, "You're doing great here. Here's what I don't like," uh, and he'll just. With him, also because I have experience working with artists, I just know how to speak with him, and he'll go off and he'll run with it. And I, even if I went to him with like a detailed list of notes, I know he would push back and he'd be like, "These ten notes are bullshit. Mm. Um, I'm going to do this instead. You just have to trust me." And and we have a relationship where that would be totally fine. And yeah. we're used to pushing it, pushing each other. You know. That's good. You've you've uh, worked together on many a project, and like you say, if he says he's going to do something, you know it's probably going to be good. Exactly. But That's I mean, good. there's people I've worked with in the past that necessarily if I pushed on them, they wouldn't push back and you have to invite them to push back. You know, you have to be like, mm. I think this and you have to couch it and you don't. And I once you've worked with somebody a while, you know how to get the best work out of each person. Yeah. And it's very difficult in the era of COVID working with an hourly contractor online um, that you've never worked with before. So my, my mm. experience of working with... Um, uh, uh, Matt Burns, right? Is that it's like we've never worked together before. We've had like a couple of calls where we've talked. I don't really know if I push too hard, if he's gonna feel dejected, or if he'll still like nobody will be like I'm not working as hard now because you know this isn't my game. But they'll never say it outright. They may not even think it, but it'll happen. Yeah. Like if you if you you need people to have passion and to feel ownership over their work. That's so important. And, uh, and I'm so aware of that and I'm so don't want to lose that, you know? Mm. And so I, I was really nervous about this, about being like, I kind of just rewrote everything. Uh, and, and here's, here's why, but it went over really well. It went over really well with Matt. So far, everybody I've worked with on the team is like, anytime I push them, they push back in a way that's great. Nice. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things that COVID is really affecting. I think it's easier to learn how to how people work and learn how to how to collaborate with other people and how to get the best work out of people. That's so much easier in person. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do do you find like 
video calls and whatnot don't make that easier and like i guess because you're not in the same room but what are your feelings on that like what are the things that i mean are missing? I, hmm. you know i should probably schedule more video calls uh, they help the, the, a lot part of i it will is, say yeah part of it is that probably we don't do that um uh, i i just don't make the time to do that and maybe that that is the thing i should probably do more mm. the other thing is this is so much uh it's not like I've hired Matt and he's an employee, right? Like it's, yeah. he's an hourly contractor. I, I can't monopolize his time. We've had a handful of video calls when we need them. He works when it's a, when he feels like it in between things hourly. Um, with Lucas, I should probably be having more video calls. Like we should probably sync up once a week or something. Uh, I'd advise I, it. Just, yeah. Yeah. Like just as a tip again, I, I'm working in a whole new world and <laughs> weirdly, <laughs> software productivity business are all things i'm moving into and yeah i've been reading lots of articles and doing lots of meetings <laughs> and, and definitely team cohesion is helped a lot by video calls i think it is it's hard to um i hate useless meetings so yes. much because i've had to sit with so many of them in my career and mm, i just same. don't want to be like we will have that corporate thing where you're like, we will be having a meeting about, you know, whatever, either schedule, maybe if we scheduled a meeting like every Friday and it's just like, let's just talk every Friday, maybe over lunch or something. I find I don't like, know. yeah, that, that isn't for, a bad idea. I find a kind of top of the week. What are we doing this week? Like kind of thing is, is not a bad way to go. I, I, I've I've always tried to do something like that, like to varying degrees of success. But I do I I like to be able to talk with a team and being like, what are we doing? What is everyone doing actually? And yeah. getting a good sense of what everyone's doing and where progress is going, what we're doing this week, and then reporting back on uh, what we do next week. Like I find that can be useful. But I if the company grew, that would make yes, a lot more sense. That would as yes, it is very true. As it is, it's like. I'm the only person working on it full time. Lucas works when he can. He's a uh, five hours time difference from me and largely works on the ah. weekends. Yeah, well, so, yeah. <laughs> and, and like the audio person, Brax, is out in Seattle. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, everybody, Mike Snight's working like kind of maybe nights and weekends hourly when he feels like it. You know, like there's no time. There, there's probably never going to be a time when everybody gets a call together. I don't think any... Yeah. No one person on my team has ever had a call with any other person on my team. They only okay. know me, right? Uh, yeah, it depends on necessary. When I talk you think about my team, yeah, it's like three of there, there's just. I mean, it would make sense for me and Lucas to communicate a little bit more, perhaps. But I feel like, I, I feel like we communicate pretty well just through Discord. We talk almost every day. I, I ping him uh, when I've got notes and stuff. I will say I am a monster in that I will ping I, if i have a thought i just throw it in discord at lucas and i don't have any awareness of the fact that it's like five hours later there and it's like 2 a.m on a thursday yeah uh, where lucas is and i definitely work weird hours anyway but he just he turns off his computer when he goes to sleep so i think that's okay but yeah uh, i'm like i'm a i've worked remote for a long time and i am a i start work at 10 and i finish at six if you expect me to be doing anything after that Unless it's an emergency, I will not. <laughs> that is, yeah. and everyone knows that. So, it, it, and it's fine because you know, those are the hours you're paid. Yeah, and it makes like this all makes sense. Uh, but I, and and he, I think he he definitely turns off his computer when he's not 
uh, like when he's sleeping. Yeah. But I, I should probably like find a script or something that will only... He's, I, he knows that I don't expect him to message me back immediately or ever. Like, I've made that clear, but I feel like yeah. it would be nicer if I somehow held... Like, if I could somehow take... Whenever I have a thought, I write it down into Discord and it holds it until office hours or some shit. Like, that would be nice. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, actually. I, that that would actually be useful. I mean, I know Slack's quite good for... You can type a bunch of shit in, and if someone has set themselves to snooze, it will uh, not alert them to it until they come online. And then they'll get, like, a bunch of messages being like, hey... And you, the sender, can choose to send them an alert. It's like, if you think this is important, you can click here and we will ping them. But if it isn't, just type it in here and they'll see it tomorrow. So that kind of exists via Slack. But well, I guess when it's only two of you talking, it's a little difficult to set up a Slack for that, maybe. But like, Slack's great yeah, I don't know. for stuff like Discord, that. <laughs> Discord is so easy to set up and it's the thing that I already use. I don't really use Slack. Yeah, so. Slack is good. Slack, I will... <laughs> It's got a lot of integrations into Google Cloud and Calendar and it, yeah, it's it's a really useful bit of software for doing work. But yeah, so maybe. But yeah, no, I see what you mean. It's it's uh, and it all depends what works for you guys. It depends what sort of like situation you have running. Like you said, there's literally not that many of you and only two of you <laughs> working full time. So like, no, you know. yeah, and I mean, like our processes right now are pretty. Uh, ridiculous i mean i will say matt burns and i work together really easily and that we um we just work we have a script in a in a google doc uh mm. we can see each other typing it i wish there was revision history but other than that it's fine and he can he can play the latest at any time every night i kick a build off to a testing branch in steam and he can play the latest at any time through steam That's so he good. doesn't need perforce or anything like that uh, the Lucas, there've been a handful of times and we've had to, um, I'll play a section of the game and I'll write up all my notes about the puzzles in a, in like a word doc. And then I email him the word doc and then he goes and he like ch changes the font to a different color for his replies. Like we'll, we'll slowly build consensus where I'm like, I think you need to edit these puzzles in this way. And I'll send him a word doc and then he will, uh, write his like in line below each one he disagrees with, right? Why he disagrees in like a couple paragraphs with images and stuff. And then we'll collapse, he'll collapse the ones that we agree on and make those changes into mm. like one consensus column. And then he'll email me that word doc back. And so we're emailing a word doc back and forth hmm. uh, each time. And that's pretty weird. Yeah, I it feel is. Like, that, <laughs> like, that, <laughs> like that's a process that I feel like, I mean, it works and we've You're done it. You're using it Google Docs. Why are you? emailing a word not with, back and forth yeah no i don't know um i, I mean don't know whatever works for you honestly but it works but like, now yeah, yeah like now we've had we've done this a handful of times so it's now like become ingrained that this is the process and we're yeah we're gonna finish this game so why change the process now i agree but yeah we we definitely just email a word doc back and forth and that is super weird like there should <laughs> definitely be a better way to do this that, i mean that just is like <laughs> you're already <laughs> using one of them <laughs> like yeah, yeah i don't know that's, uh, uh, well i i will say the lack of um being able to see the version history would really kill it for us as far as the uh, there, there you can see version history on google docs like that's that's super possible you can do that yeah, maybe like it's yeah you can you can do that all the time also you can add notes rather than writing in different colored fonts 
Like you can highlight something and write a little note on the side that they can then reply to, and it it can come through as an email and stuff. Like Google Docs is great. Like that that's yeah. Google Docs is probably the right way to go for that, but it's yeah. too late. We've already done this. You've you've uh, committed to the emailing doc docx file back and forth, and that, yeah, that works for you. This is what we do. This is our system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be something I would probably you know if you had a larger company and you'd bought someone in. To be like, how do we make our process better? I'd be like, well, here's one. <laughs> no, I will say his process for uh, laying out levels is fantastic. He found oh, yeah? something called Miro, M-I-R-O. Mm-hmm. It's like a visual board that we can both look at at the same time. Oh, and like, yeah. He puts yeah, images of the, each level and he's like arranging them and shit. It's really useful. Yeah, um, I actually, I remember signing up to, I think it was Miro right before like, layoffs at meow wolf to because we were starting to figure out a team and stuff and yeah that that's that software is great just for tracking and like stuff anyway yeah, yeah. oh just so many things yeah yeah just visually lay specifically like we have puzzles and we need to figure out how to lay them out uh and we've got a lot of things to take into account here's like a board where we can just do it and we can collaborate and mm. see each other's cursors in real time it's so useful yeah that's great that's like yeah good work there mm. That's that. That's yeah, like go. a tick in the in the big. What would you change, character? I like, don't change that. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, no, Lucas. Lucas, I'm so glad he introduced me to that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. It's so so. Like, do you have like a launch kind of area in mind at this point, or do you not want to commit to that yet? I like, super don't want to commit to it. I would like sense. to have yeah. the uh, closed beta in December, ideally, but yeah. I don't even really want to commit to that right now because the world is chaos. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what's yeah. coming, man. Ugh. But uh, yeah, well, yeah, in like multiple ways, the world is chaos. Yeah. The games industry is chaos. It's all chaos. Uh, and I, I um, don't have like a marketing plan yet, obviously, because mm. of the... My marketing plan was to do this beta, get a buzz around that, launch sometime early next year, like Q1, Q2. Uh, and the plan will still probably be something like that, but I don't, I need to find somebody to help with marketing or something. Like I mm. can't, just the, I just have too much to do. Yeah, <laughs> it does sound like it. Um, if you're uh, very good at marketing puzzle games, <laughs> Do reach out to Gwen Frey. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, we'll figure something out. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Mm. Well, Gwen, it has been great talking to you again. It's nice to get back to talking. Yeah. Yeah. We're back on the podcast. We're doing Mm. it. Should we make bold claims? Like we're going to do this every week? I'm moving in like two weeks, so it it ain't happening Mm. then. But I would say once I have moved which is a real thing that's happening. I I will be so much more available than I've been for years. So it's going to be really good. So I would say we can make some pretty bold claims going forward. Yeah. Yeah, but not yet. Not, Let's not make those not claims in yet. in the next few weeks from when you're listening to this. But if you're listening to this in two weeks' time, bold claims. Bold claims are incoming. Mm. Right, well, <laughs> thank you for hanging out with me, Chris Slide. No problem. Thank you, Gwen. This has been Gwen Frey and Chris Slight, and you've been in the Dialogue Box.